Motivation in a mini. Tuesday, y'all. Let's get it. How simple can it be, right? Work hard and be nice. So I went to bed in a horrible mood. So be it. It's life. But it it is challenging. It is challenging these days to, to get a real grasp on our emotions. It sounds, it sounds great when we talk about mastering our emotions or they'll master us. But, but the truth is, the truth is, I mean, you, you do have to get a rein on it. It doesn't have to be 100% all the time. I think those that struggle more in life is because they have less control over their emotions and attitudes than others. So therefore the ups and downs of life are a lot worse off for them. But I'm just sharing with you the fact that even for somebody like me, and I say somebody like me, I'm not not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But as an individual that has attempted to get a rein on his emotions and his attitude. Even last night, just uh, was it was a tough night. A lot going on at work and at home, and sometimes uh, too much to digest. But and and the reason I'm actually sharing this, not because it actually has anything to do with what I'm going to talk about in this podcast. Interesting enough. It's last night I told myself I was not going to do my podcast anymore. I I genuinely had that thought and conversation in my head that I w- was so distraught over where things are heading in my life as a whole and I and I thought to myself, "Ah, the last thing I need to do is be making a podcast in the morning trying to speak to individuals when my affairs aren't in order." And that that goes back to some of the sentiment I've shared before where it's not about being perfect, but it's just about getting a little better every day. See, last night I was upset because things in my life weren't lined up nice and neat like I want them to. Not perfect, just neat. And it was very far from neat for me last night. And the things that I need to focus on or wanted to focus on in the moment. And my, my podcast felt very ancillary and, and really maybe unnecessary at the time. But I'm back at it again. I'm here. I'm new day, new start. You just can't hold on to baggage. And it's something... That I've, I, that I've done that pretty well. Whenever I get into disagreements, arguments, or even outright fights, I typically don't hold on to or fester with that stuff too long. Once the time's come and gone, whatever that is, 60 seconds, 60 minutes, that's usually about my time frame that, d- depending on how, so- how severe it is. So... A disagreement for me, anywhere a minute to two, and I'm 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 over it. 
heated discussion and it probably takes me maybe an hour or more and then I've had my fill of it and those emotions and feelings and I just dump them so it can feel dismissive at times but really it's just me the baggage that I'm clinging to with my hand I, I just let it go so it's like 0 to 60 or 60 to 0 however you want to interpret that in the, in the fact that whatever really had me hung up and just the cog and the machine of my life and emotions I just let it go I move on and don't and I, I, I genuinely act like sometimes it didn't even happen because that's the best way to approach it alright so I like getting personal with y'all if you're willing to invest your time and and share that with me, I'll I'll share true transparency with y'all, and and talked about the fact that last night I was upset, not not happy with how things were in that moment for me, and my podcast was one less thing I wanted to be carrying. So let's talk about bad leadership. I broached this subject uh, in a podcast, probably within the first, I don't know, 10 episodes maybe. I had uh, sent out a LinkedIn post asking anybody for feedback and one of my former uh, shipmates from the TR, Theodore Roosevelt, said toxic leadership. And I said, ooh, yeah, that's good. But I've seen it since that podcast I've interacted with individuals dealing with either toxic leadership, bad leadership. A good word would probably be detrimental leadership. Because anything in the absence of, of good leadership is just detrimental. Toxic's very aggressive word. Uh, that almost seems, uh, you know, towards the just god-awful individual and so I think as a whole right toxic bad however you want to describe the leadership you've experienced but if it's detrimental if it's not bringing or adding any value to your company your culture your chain of command and you as an individual right whoever you report to are they making you better or making you worse or the big conundrum they're doing neither aka you stagnant (laughs) and I think most people probably call that bad but it's difficult in in the moment of the stagnation to really realize that it's happening right the first day you tread waters into non-progression you don't really realize it of course even a week later it doesn't feel like it but it, it could take a month, two, three. Oh, sh- shoot. No, actually, that was, that was me talking about the oh, shoot of figuring out what's an appropriate timeline and also finding the right gear to uh, put my car in. <laughs> Hard to get rolling in fourth gear. So the oh, shoot is oh, shoot, six months later. Man, I have not made any progress personally, professionally, 
that's not good. Because then now you're thinking about the time you wasted and how you've got to do everything you can to undo that lickety split. Good, I'm glad. It should set off uh, bells and whistles because like I, like I just said five seconds ago, it's difficult to detect. It's hard to realize you're in the midst of a doldrum until it's been there a while and it really sets in. But you got to address it. It's difficult. It's challenging. Especially if it, if it was somebody that you really liked, revered. Somebody who maybe did some great things for you initially. Gave you opportunity. But it's, it's okay, if you respect them, to have frank, honest conversations. And that, that's kind of what I the key here just what breeds a good relationship is trust and communication what can help a bad relationship is trust and communication typically what caused a relationship to either go sour or never become fruitful in the first place is a lack of trust and communication I know, I understand. I, I had my the same challenges early in my career of really communicating my own expectations, desires to leadership and what I was trying to accomplish. Sometimes we we just take the easy route, the non-confrontational route. And it's really not about confrontation. It's more about just being honest. And there are definitely ways to go about it without burning bridges. It's a term I used a lot in the military. Real quick here. There's a UPS driver right next to me and he's smoking. And I'm curious if they're allowed to smoke while on the job in their trucks. Probably not. I mean, he's putting all that smoke in the in the van, in the vehicle, with the packages. I don't know. Interesting. All right. Back to the task on hand. Yeah, it's not a, it's not about being confrontational in the aspect of attacking anyone or accusing, declaring. <laughs> You are a bad leader. Yes, that will never go well. That will never respond well. There's probably only a few individuals in the world that can really take that criticism. Okay. I will tell you right off the bat, I'm one of those guys. Because I believe so heartily in it that, just be honest with me, you don't need to try to mince words. You're not going to offend or upset me or hurt my feelings. Because, see, I, I realize that's the difficulty in it. When people... Yes, you can be concerned about people's feelings. But if, you, if you're not anchored to it, then it can give you the freedom to just say what's on your mind. Even if it doesn't come out right. Because sometimes, once again, 
communication is difficult when trying to broach a difficult subject. But yeah, don't don't be being frank with me very far and different from being frank with your current supervisor, leadership, whoever he or she is, right? But Sorry, I had to focus on the road there for a second. So how are you going to communicate with them? How are you going to figure this one out? Well, it's... You already know the question. You kind of know the answer. You know the subject. Because whatever it is... There's a reason why you're not bringing it up to them. There's a reason why you're not being frank in the first place. It's because you knew you know how they're going to respond. Right. You think you know how they're going to respond. And in that regards you can have the question ahead of the question. If you want to tell them how you don't like what they're doing, but figure out a way to approach it to say, I think it would be better if we maybe did this or that, offer it as a suggestion. Or engage them, make them proactive in the solution. Hey boss, do you think it would be better if we did this? Or what do you think of this idea? You know, I noticed that we have this problem or this concern and I offer this solution. And if you have any Any, any slighted opinion towards them in the fact of that they could be a good leader, they have been a good leader, they've done it before in the past. I mean, even just to me taking the fact that maybe somebody brought up a suggestion before and they didn't run with it, so then they're closed-minded and not open to feedback or suggestions. I mean, you're gonna judge somebody on one instance, one occurrence, if you can say, well, you know, in the last five years, every single suggestion that every person's brought up and, you know, it's double digits and they've always shot it down, then yes, now you can, I think, logically conclude that they could be closed-minded, not open to feedback. But I, I see it a lot of times, more often with well, they told this other person no, so they're definitely going to tell me no. How do you know that? You don't know that. How did the other person approach it? How did they say it? What words did they use? That's the great thing about the English language. It's not just one way. I think that's also why it's really important 
when people when people speak or learn the English language to be diverse in the vocabulary uh, not just not just grammar here folks but having the words to navigate it a conversation my wife always makes fun of me that I use five dollar words well, I like my five dollar words I like using them on purpose the English language it's structurally awful it makes zero sense the rules of it are stupid but in that regards also they're bendable flexible and the diversity of the words that we can use choose structure I I think it's cool yeah I never did well in English in high school by the way because I'm a math science guy I like gravity. I like one plus one. Pythagorean theorem. Because it's it's constant. Right angle is always 90 degrees. No matter what. It doesn't depend on the flavor of the week. Which is how it is with the English language. And who it was. And what author, poet, writer. You know, decide what rules were applicable and how they could bend and break them. I mean, you've seen the change in the, the English language as a whole over the centuries. Right? We don't speak like we used to speak because it's not fundamental. One plus one has been one plus one forever, and it will continue to be that way. All right, don't get too far off the tangent. We start talking about math and science. It becomes a whole different subject. So there, bad leadership, toxic leadership, inept leadership. Why is it? We as humans are really good at judging things. We, we, we can definitely paint a dire picture really quick I mean it, it, but it's, it's that's to me that's like one of the, the natures of law natures of law one of the laws of nature there we go get my words mixed up talking about English the laws of nature where it's easy to destroy that's not just us as critical human beings Right, a forest fire, and it doesn't have to be man-made. You know, nature does that kind of stuff, right? Lightning. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. Lightning and some dried-out bush or trees gets a spark going, gets some heat going. Got your uh, fire tetrahedron. Even in nature, right, a fire can ravage thousands of acres and how long did in in mere you know I'll say days but what nature can destroy in seconds right how long does it take for a mountain tectonic plates shifting you know centimeters over the year to form 
mountains and then in one eruption you know Mount St. Helen half the thing's gone violently right within, within minutes what took you know millions of years <laughs> to make it's uh, and, and so I, that's why I think destruction is always simpler and easier than growth and building and so to me as it as a, a law of nature it's very apparent in human beings and what we can do and how we can judge and break down and criticize and that's always tends to be our default instead of trying to pick people up build people up see the good in them vice the bad and so this conversation here is twofold one it's knowing how to address the leadership that you face in life a leader should make you want to do more be more achieve more they don't do it perfectly every single time they have hiccups they have errors I know because I consider myself a good leader and I still make mistakes with those that report to me my team as a whole I try to keep my mistakes real minor and recoverable such as how you get better in life then so like I like I also said right a good leader is going to motivate you to do more be more achieve more but also they're human they're probably still growing and learning I've the day I retired I wasn't like the greatest chief ever I was a really 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 good one I still had room to grow. And the day I retire from this second career, right, whenever that comes, right, when I actually genuinely retire, I'm probably not gonna be perfect either. I'm probably still gonna have flaws and issues and errors. Hopefully very minor, but such is life in the pursuit of perfection. So it's just a matter too now of assessing, do you like your boss? Why do you like your boss? What are the traits and qualities that you like in that individual? If you don't like your boss, why? Is it genuine? Is it real? Are you being hypercritical? And in that regards, can you extend them an olive branch? Are you willing to recognize that uh, maybe they're not the worst individual ever? I mean, trust me, I've met some bosses where you're like, I need to get as far away from this individual as quickly as possible. Like genuinely toxic leadership. You're not sure 
who trained them or who completely ignored them and didn't give them any training whatsoever. But just like in any healthy relationship, trust and communication, being open and honest. If you feel you're stagnant, which is awful, I, I, I truly, like to me, it's easier when you just know that you're in a bad situation than you, you don't even know if you're in a good situation or not, right? So being stagnant and then going to your supervisor and saying, hey, I, I need stimulus. I need something to grow into. I need opportunities. I need challenges. We as, we as just human beings at our core need that. And that's reality. Mental stimulation, physical stimulation, like exercise on top of flexing our mental muscle. Like we need both of those aspects to really thrive. Because when we stop using our brain and we stop using our muscles, atrophy, right? I mean, it, you, you know the answer. You, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. How many people learned a language in high school and then never applied it? And then a decade later, you go, man, I really wish I would have just kept practicing to stay good at it or any kind of instrument or thing of that nature. Um, so your leadership, talk to them. Let them know. Hey, I, you know, what, if there's something that's bothering you, share that with them. You know, I just, I feel like we could do things better in this regard. Or I see this issue. And if, and if you're just honest with them, it'll be, it'll be tough. It'll be challenging because you can think you know how they're going to respond. But the fear of the unknown is what gets the best out of us and gives us anxiety. So you go into them and you approach them and say, hey, I see this happening and I, and I don't like it or it bothers me or it bothers other people or it just takes away from our team atmosphere. And if they respond like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I don't see it. Then that tells you everything you need to know. Cause, and then that's where you go. Well, then am, am I crazy? Like ask them, genuinely ask them, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not bringing this to you because I'm, I'm trying to make things up. I hope I'm not making things up. Th- this right here, the conversation, this made up, you know, hypothetical conversation is one that's based in transparency, right? Telling them, hey, I'm seeing this. Am I wrong? Just And even going to them saying, hey, I could be wrong. I'm seeing this unhealthy relationship or team atmosphere, environment, um, inefficiencies, counterproductive things occurring. And, you know, I, I'm usually of sound mind and body, so I hope I'm not making up a story or saying things incorrectly, but it's distracting. And if they can shed light on why it is, or if they can go, oh, you know what? I never thought of that. I think you might be right. We should look into this. Or, yeah, actually, I kind of noticed it myself, and I just didn't think much of it. And when you get a, a, a supervisor, somebody in a leadership role, 
that that will buy into that and go oh yeah thank you thank you for bringing that to my attention like i even if they say i don't know if i see it but i'm going to investigate or look into it or you know thank you for bringing that to my attention appreciative of the feedback a good leadership right so huge on feedback a leader that's not open to feedback is no leader at all they're just a manager willing to give out orders so there you go to me and I, it's funny how i went in a i know my experiences and what i do as a leader and i've always said feedback is critical but i didn't mention it at all here until the very end and just putting the period on the sentence which is why i love this podcast because it's not scripted it's very real and raw and off the cuff but it, it brought it all back here at the very end feedback even even leaders that have so much more to learn and probably maybe even those that shouldn't be in their leadership role they're open to feedback because if they're a good human being they want to get better they want to be better they want to be better for those that they're in charge of and those that they're responsible for as a leader so they'll be open to feedback because they have the self-awareness to go i'm human too I need to learn and grow and get better. Just like I expect the same from those that, are, I'm in, that I'm in charge of, right? Feedback. If they're, if they're open to feedback, they're good. If they're not open to feedback, time to move on. There. <laughs> I, I gave you the, uh, the abridged, sim- simplified answer. Well, I'm going to wrap up that podcast here. Tuesday morning, it's looking beautiful out, although I think there's supposed to be rain in the forecast. So there's your meteorological report. And yeah, I had a rough night, but turned out this podcast was pretty good. Talking about things that are near to me, uh, near and dear to me in leadership. And, and really, keyword here is good leadership, open to feedback. Horrible leaders no matter even with the best intentions, if they're not open to feedback, not good leaders. (laughs) There we go. So what are we going to do, folks? Well, it's easy enough, right? Work hard and be nice. Y'all have a great Tuesday. Rico Besse, signing out.